Hello, everyone. This is Kyle Galaz with Poor to Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. Really excited about episode number eight. Watching you guys listen to, seeing the stats on the first seven episodes is amazing. How to sell a car every day. That episode's still leading. How to get promoted at your dealership. That one's climbing. Turn lookers into buyers. That one's always climbing too. Appreciate all your support and feedback. I want to give some shout outs to a couple Reddit users, three Reddit users. One, Daz Come Home. He's one of my original fans, and he's always been giving me good feedback. His comment You're awesome, man. I appreciate you helping me through. I'm sorry. I appreciate you helping me get through dark times. That's what it's all about. Finding something to get you through the tough months. That's what defines us. Are we going to shrivel up and quit and go work in some factory heck no we're going to get through the tough times to see the light and better ourselves with training proper training remember your store will do the best they can to train you but if you want the real stuff come listen to me come find guys on online that have done it and are doing it i worked a 12-hour shift today selling cars closing deals working deals structuring deals and guess what i'm doing i'm on the podcast i'm recording this is what i love to do Make that your perspective on your career. We give a shout out to Dre1234. Hey man, I really like your podcast. Can you please do one on how qualifying customers and maybe overcome cold calls? Thanks. I really appreciate it. Of course I'll do that. I will do that. I think I'm gonna my next podcast I'm gonna address quite a few of these uh, suggestions. Thank you, Dre1234. Got a new fan Q Ali Seattle. He's a Honda, um, sale, Honda dealership salesman out of Seattle. Killing it over there. 20 car average or so. But guess what? A guy like him, he doesn't, he doesn't need to go out and, and look to get better. He's selling 20 cars a month. But that is how you become a sales titan. We're students of the game. We're always learning. If you think you've made it, shame on you. Right? This guy's killing it over in Seattle at the Honda dealership. He still has questions. Here's some of them. How to get referral from your sold or dealership orphan customers. How to get referrals. That's a good one. I got all kinds of stuff for that. We're going to go over that in the next podcast. Is referral slash repeat customer base dead? This day and age of social media. Definitely not. I got something for that too. Here we go. Best way to pitch add-ons and accessories. Word tracks for phone ups. How to be exciting on the phone. QLE. Seattle also says, what is the extra mile? What was one thing you've seen in your 20 plus years that every single top guys did to be successful? Right? That's what I like about guys that are on Reddit and these other different uh, you know, forums and, and social media. They're trying to get better. No one's ever made it. If you're clocking in and you're working, you haven't made it. You're on your way. So to get better, this guy might, QLE might be selling 30 cars next year a month. And Daz Come Home might be a 15-car guy. The only way you're going to do it is by learning every day. All right, let's do this. 10 do's and don'ts of the car sales business. Now, I didn't say top 10. These are 10 very important items for me that help my career, and I hope they help you. So we're going to do them back and forth. I'm going to start with the don't, and I'm going to go to the do. And we're going to do 1, 1, 2, 2, 3, 3, so on and so forth until we get to the 10th of each category number one on the don't 
Get a pen out. Let's write some stuff down. Number one on the don'ts. Prejudge customers. We never actually know who can buy a car. Every dealership has this story. Hey, the guy rode in on his bike and bought a brand new Platinum Expedition. Hey, this guy was walking here and he bought a truck cash. This guy came in a taxi. This guy came on a bus. Every dealership has that success story of a guy walking in or whatever the scenario is. You never know who can buy a car. When you're new to the car business, you don't know to prejudge. Your boss just said, hey, make sure you help everyone that comes in a lot. What do you say? Okay. Then then somewhere down the line, you got too smart for your own good and started prejudging customers. Oh, that guy can't buy. Well, guess what? He probably can. It's up to you to sell them. Okay? We never know who can actually buy a car. Here's something else crazy about prejudging customers. You don't know if that guy could offer you a job. You don't know if he's the CEO of a huge company. If you're not Googling every single CEO in your area every day, you don't know who's who's loaded, who's a billionaire in your town. Next thing you know, you up them. You do this great, incredible experience for him, and he's thinking in the back of his head, I don't have a guy like this on my staff. What do they pay you here? I make about 150000 a year. I'll pay you 200000 Put it in writing? Yeah, I'd put it in writing. Five-year contract? Yeah, I'd put a five-year contract on you. Done. Right? You never know who your next boss will be. You never know who can buy a car. Be careful out there. Don't prejudge. All right. Hope you wrote that down. Number one for dues. Get to the dealership early. Say hi to your managers. So I'm a sales manager, right? My name's Kyle. You guys know this from the other podcasts, hopefully. When a salesman comes in 15 minutes early, 20 minutes early, I'm already at the dealership. Well, guess what I have a stack of at at 8 a.m.? Internet leads. As soon as I come in, I turn my computer on, make coffee. I got a bunch of internet leads I got to pass out. Who am I going to give it to? The guy that comes in at 8.05, looks tired, woke up at 7.59 and came to the dealership, or I'm going to give it to the guy that was 20 minutes early offering to make coffee in the morning. He's going to get internet leads. He's came to work to work. That's why you get to the dealership early. It's not to earn brownie points. It's to show that you're responsible responsible and dependable. And those are the guys that get the internet leads. Number two for don'ts. Quote interest rates, payments, trade-ins, trade-in values, or discounts on the lot. Never quote stuff on the lot. Why? You don't know what their credit score is. They may tell you it's good. Well, good to them is a 610. Good to me and you is 700 plus. So you may quote, oh, you get a 399. Oh, okay. And then we get it. We get an approval. There's a bank fee. They cut us back, and it's 14.24 rate. Well, guess what happened to your credibility when you quoted that payment and interest rate on the lot? It's gone. You lost the sale. You lied to me. Well, I didn't lie. Just you told me you had good credit. I do. They don't understand scores like we do. Okay. Well, what do you think my trade's worth? Oh, man, I don't get too far into the technical stuff. What I do is I get all the trade information. I give it to my sales manager, and they put a value on it. My job, and I want to stay in my lane because I want to do the best job for you as possible, is I want to pick out the right car for you. I'll do all the stuff that I'm supposed to do, and then we'll go inside and work all that. Figure out your payment, figure out the interest rate, your trade-in value, all that good stuff. But my job is to help you find a car. If they're a reasonable customer, they understand that. Well, okay, his boss does that stuff. Don't quote stuff on the lot. It'll only bite you in the butt when you go inside to work your deal. You said my trade was worth ten grand. Your boss thinks it's only worth eight. Your credibility is gone. Don't quote stuff. 
All right, number two of the do's. Walk the lot every single day. What does this do for you? You get to learn your inventory in and out. You get your blood pumping. You get yourself ready for the day. And guess what happens when you're out there on the lot walking it? You're right. You run into a customer. And you're wondering, where the heck did this customer come from? Where did you even park? Oh, you parked over there? Did you jump that 10-foot fence to get back here? The crazy thing is you just never know where customers come from. All of a sudden, they're on the lot. So walk the lot because you're going to run into somebody. It's inevitable. Walk it every day. The best part about learning your inventory is this. I got a quick story. It's it's as clear as day to me, and it's happened years ago. Walking a lot in the morning, found a white sport track. We don't get sport tracks in too often on trade, so it kind of stuck out in my head a little bit. It's like an 08 with 90,000 miles. Later that night, customer comes in towards the end of the day. Yeah, we're looking for a sport track, and we just have a hard time finding it. Well, guess what pops in my head? I got a white one across the street. Let's go look at it. Really? We walk over. They ended up buying that that sport track. All right, number three of the don'ts. We've talked about this in the other podcast episodes. Cussing in the showroom, telling nasty jokes in the showroom. You never know who's listening. The owner of your dealership's wife could be around the corner bringing them lunch or stopping by to say hi, and you're in the middle of some nasty joke, right? She hears it, and then she comes around the corner nonchalantly because she's not going to say nothing. She's going to see your face and your name tag, go around back to the owner, his hus- her husband. Man, I heard Kyle telling this joke about this, this, and this. Really? He said that? It's not like him. Yeah, it was horrible. Well, guess what happens? Yeah, we need to promote somebody. Who should we promote? Now let's promote Kyle. Mm, I don't know. I got reservations about him. What about this? Telling nasty jokes in the showroom and customer hears it. You could ruin a deal for somebody or yourself. Or dropping an F-bomb around the corner. You never know who's listening. There could be little kids around the corner. But really, it's unprofessional. So keep that to zero. You never know who's listening. All right, number three of the do's. Always attack internet leads in under 15 minutes. Why? Is it to satisfy your CRM system that you did it in 15 minutes so the pie chart's more green? Or it's because your manager says, hey, you got to get to this internet lead in under 15 minutes to satisfy him? Nope. It's for your customer. Okay? Here's why. If you get to an internet lead that you get in under 15 minutes, guess where that customer's still at? Customer's still at their computer desk at work or at home drinking their coffee. And all of a sudden they get a phone call, which they ignore and hit to voicemail. You live a nice voicemail, short though. And then you text them. Well, their phone's right in front of them charging on the charger while they're looking at different cars on the websites. Well, after they get done with your your website and put in a lead on that car you have, guess what? They don't just close their browser and wait for your response. They go to the competitor's website. And then they go to that competitor's website and they're putting inquiries all over. But the first the first salesman to disrupt their shopping on what on different websites with a text message and a phone call is the guy that's probably going to get the appointment. Okay? If you wait three, four hours, they've already they're already in the middle of their day. They don't have time to talk. So you got to get to those internet leads right away because they're still at their computer. If I'm shopping for a, a laptop and I'm on Dell's website. And then I go to HP's website and then Lenovo. And then all of a sudden I'm finding laptops that have lights in their computers. And now I'm into the gaming laptops of brands I didn't even know existed. If Dell, the first website I visited, called me and said, hey, 
We got a promotion going on right now. This is why our laptop's better than everyone else's. Come check it out. I probably will give them the first opportunity and go check out their laptops. Okay, same thing with our customers. 15 minutes, get to those internet leads. Number four, the don'ts, skipping the steps of the sale. The steps of the sale are so VIP because you're building value throughout the process. You're not allowing the customer to circumvent the steps, right? Oh, I don't need to test drive it. Well, my boss will ask if you did or not, and I got to be able to tell them, hey, they test drove it, they like it. What happens in that sales process is first, you're making sure they go through every step so you don't skip any. And then you're building value in not only the car, but yourself, because the other dealership didn't do that. The other dealership wanted to go work numbers. The other dealership didn't build rapport, didn't tell you why their product is better, didn't tell you why they should buy with us. So when it gets to the closing part, you have no stone unturned, right? You've done everything right. You've done every step. The customer can't say, well, we want to think about it. Well, what do you want to think about? Well, if you didn't test drive them because you skipped the steps, they're probably thinking, man, we didn't even drive it. We're over here trying to buy it. They may not tell you that. They may say we want to think about it. So always do the steps of the, the sale. Never skip them. Remember the word reciprocity. It's one of my favorite wor words, reciprocity. The more you give, the more the customer will give. Try this out in your, the next time you greet a customer. Hi, my name's Kyle, and you are? They're going to give you just their first name. If you say this, hi, my name's Kyle Galaz, and you are? Well, hey, I'm John Smith. Just watch it in action. It's crazy. You can take it a step further. Hi, my name's Kyle Galaz, originally from Lodi, California. Test this on a friend. Your friend's going to go, hey, I'm John Smith, originally from Seattle, Washington. That's reciprocity in action in the car business. How it relates to the car deal is you've done everything right. The customer feels guilty to not buy it. You've done everything right. They got to hold their end of the bargain. Boom. Number four, the do's. Post vehicles on social media every single day. Instagram, Facebook, Shop and Swap, whatever social media you're on, always be posting. Okay. You never know who's going to see your name or see that, that vehicle they've been looking for, that Toyota 4Runner black with the tan leather. We've been looking for that, and this guy pops up on Instagram. That's crazy. Let all the algorithms of Instagram and, and Facebook work for you. Okay, If you post in there, 2014 Toyota 4Runner, and these people are searching for Toyota 4Runners, you never know what might pop up. Your post might pop up in their search feed, but you won't know unless you post. Guess what happens when you post a bunch of stuff every day? You start getting DMs text messages, emails. Make sure you guys are posting on social media. It's the way of the, the future. Actually, it's the way of now. It's been the future. It's been this way for years. Okay, number five, the awkward one of the don'ts. Don't flirt with coworkers. Don't hit on coworkers and avoid relationships at work at all costs. If you've been in a bad relationship with a coworker, you already know why. Okay? It can kill your career. You're this booming salesman, you're good looking, you smell good, you got shiny shoes, you got a beautiful car, you got great credit. That's going to attract a lot of things, okay? One of them is female coworkers or male coworkers, okay? You enter a relationship with them. The relationship ends horribly, but you still work together. You guys are on the similar shift. You dread going in. 
Rumors are starting at the dealership. Gossip is starting. Next thing you know, management knows about it. Next thing you know, the owner knows about it. You got to separate it. Don't do it. Don't even think about it. If you got a, a beautiful coworker, appreciate that, and that's it. Now on the flip side, if you are, have already done that and you have a successful marriage and you guys are happy, congrats. That's a rare one. Number five of the do's. Study your brand, but also study the competitor's brands. Okay? You have to know your product, especially in new cars. Okay? Let's say you work at a Chevy dealership. You know everything about the cars. You know everything about your trucks. You know everything about your SUVs. Then you get a customer that comes in and comparing the Chevy to the Ford. Okay? And you know nothing about the Ford except for what the customer's telling you. Well, we all know that customers, they don't always know what they're talking about. So they may be feeding you stuff like, oh, you know, their, their screen is, is 12 inches, but really it's nine, but they don't know. So now you're competing against something like, well, ours is only eight. How do they have a 12 inch screen? Really? Customer doesn't know, right? They, they think they know. So you got to study the, the competition's product. So that way you can properly compete against them. Now, if you're selling, if you're selling Toyota, you want to look at, true competitors. You're not going to compare Toyota to Daewoo of Europe, right? You want to compare against the true competitors uh, of your brand, Toyota, Honda, Tundra, F-150, half tons, you know, right? You got to, you got to truly know your competitors. But what you do is you go to the competitors websites and you build their vehicles. There's a little build option, build them, click the options, build it how you would like it and do that when you have downtime, fill your downtime with that. Okay. Number six of the don'ts. It's a big one. I learned my lesson on this one. Bash the competition. Here's a quick story. Guy comes in, a customer, when I worked at the Ford store for 12 years, I worked there. Customer comes in, he's like, yeah, this will be like my seventh Ford. Well, seventh Ford to me sounds like you don't believe in any of the product. So we're just talking and, and I find out, you know, he's buddies have a Chevy and he's looking at some Chevys and whatever, but I figure seventh, eighth Ford, it's okay to bash the competition. So I start shredding on Chevys, telling them why they're not that great of a truck. You know, whatever I was saying, it's, it's been years. I was young in the business. I was told that's how you do it. Well, towards the middle to end of our conversation, he says, yeah, my, my dad's a big Chevy guy. He's been driving Chevys for 50 years because my, because his grandpa worked at some Chevy dealership. So what does that do to me? I turned into Ant-Man, right? The size of a toothpick, right? I was, I felt tiny because I just got done ripping Chevys. And then I find out his dad's been driving for 50 years. His grandpa worked for a Chevy dealership. So obviously there's a lot of Chevy loyalty. He just happens to like Fords. Killed the deal. Didn't make the deal. He wouldn't tell me why he left, but you know, obviously I know why. So never bash the competition. Use skills to, to beat the competition, not negativity. What I mean by skills is, is why your, your brand, why your product is better to buy than the competition, what you have that's, that's better than the competition, why there's more value with your brand than the other competition. Don't bash, use skill. All right. Number six of the do's work on being better than your dealership, better and bigger. Okay. Now, what do I mean by that? Bigger. How do you become bigger than a dealership? Followers. Look at your your dealerships, Instagram, Facebook. Find out how many followers they have, and set a goal to be bigger than them on social media. Okay, 
be bigger than them in the community. What do I mean by that? Is your dealership even doing small community things, right? Are they volunteering at local high school stuff or football games or putting banners up over here and doing this, right? That's that's what you need to do. If you want to be bigger than your dealership and and become a valuable asset to your dealership where they're like, holy moly, whatever this guy wants, just do it. This guy's got 10,000 more followers than us on Instagram. He's known around the, the whole city. I've met people like that that are bigger than the company they work for. I met a real estate agent like that. He had more build, billboards up in Bakersfield than the company he worked for. So I saw his face everywhere. Become bigger than your dealership. Okay. Number seven of the don'ts. Sit around and wait for things to happen. You can't just sit around. If you think it's slow, it's because your mind is bored. It's slow. Just because there's no customers walking on the lot doesn't mean it's slow. It means you need to go make things happen. Think like a CEO. This is your company, right? You just hit the open button and the light's on. Are you just going to sit there or are you going to start making calls, telling people about it, visiting places, posting about it, creating accounts on every social media platform possible to get your name out there, right? So if you tell yourself it's slow, then you're going to believe it's slow. If you say it's slow, then you already believe it. It's never slow. There's always something to do. So go out there and, and make things happen. Think like a manager. Think like a CEO. Think like an owner. Don't just wait. It's a waste of time. All right, number seven of the do's. Take every up possible. It's simply a numbers game. The more people you get in front of every day, the more cars you're going to sell. The crazy thing is, is there's a value to every customer, even a customer that doesn't buy a car. Why is there a value? Because you can sharpen your tools with that customer because you're out there in the line of fire. You're making, you're moving and shaking. When you're talking to a customer and you can't seem to land him on a vehicle and he's telling you all the things of why he needs to leave, there's still value in him, right? You can still get better whether you sell him a car or not. You have your manager come help. You tell him, you know, you get everyone involved that could possibly help you sell a car, but there's value in that customer. And here's how there's monetary value in a customer that doesn't buy a car because there's similar people out there. So that guy's going to come in, but he's just going to be a different person, but he's going to be very similar. He's always short on time. He's comparing the, the vehicles. He found cheaper ones out of town, right? But if you've dealt with those people many times, then you're that much better for the next one. And then you can close that next one. So there's value in people that don't even buy. That's why you got to get in front of people. Okay. A lot of people say I'm great with people on the lot, but I'm not that great on the phone, right? How many people have heard that or said that? Do you want to know why salesmen are so much better with people on the lot than on the phone? It's just a practice thing. They're practicing more with people on the lot. They have better practice because they're doing more ups than phone calls. If you make a ton of phone calls a day, you're going to get good at phone calls and closing appointments. Take every up possible. Get in front of people. Number eight of the don'ts, lie to customers. Never lie to customers. It will always haunt you. Yeah, it pulls 15,000 pounds. No, it doesn't. It pulls 10. That's going to haunt you, right? Oh, it gets 48 miles to the gallon. No, it gets 30. That's going to haunt you, right? Customers, they lie to us every day, but they can. Their job's not on the line. We cannot lie to customers, and we cannot put the dealership at risk. Never put the dealership at risk. They're the ones who give you a paycheck. So don't lie to customers. If it costs you a deal, 
and you tell your manager, if I, if I would have lied to the guy, I would have made that deal possibly. That's If you have a good manager, he's going to say, hey, we don't lie to customers. I'd rather you not sell a car and tell the truth than lie and sell a car, right? If your sales manager is okay with lying, then you need to find a different sales manager. If you're okay with lying to a customer, your career is going to be very short at that dealership. Don't lie. All right. Number eight of the do's. Always involve the entire party of your customer. They come on the lot, husband jumps out, wife jumps out, three kids jump out. You need to get everyone's names and you need to write them down because you're not going to remember five names. And I'd rather write them down to remember them than not and forget them. And how do you involve them all? You ask them all questions. You going to put your guys' bikes in dad's new truck? Yeah. Right? You going to hot rod dad's new truck? Yep. Dad, you going to take the family camping in your new truck? Yeah, oh, heck yeah. Right? Make sure everyone's involved. It's everyone's vehicle. Just because it might be dad's new truck doesn't mean it's not the family's. So you make sure you use their names. Make sure you involve everyone that's that's uh, involved because you never know who the truck actually is for. And you never know who you got to, you gotta when you're at the desk, you got to close. If you've ignored the wife the whole time and then she's the decision maker at the at the final close, you might be screwed. Get everyone in the party to love you. Build rapport with all of them. Number nine of the don'ts. Don't ignore the lot. We're not watching the lot just because the manager said, hey, I need someone to watch the lot. You're not just staring at pavement. But you need to put yourself in the customer's shoes. Listen to this, okay? Customers never visited your lot. Let's say you work at a Toyota dealership. And the customer's like, you know what? Let's give the, this local Toyota dealership a chance. We've never shopped there. We always go to our old faithful Honda dealerships. Let's give the Toyota dealership a chance. All right, fine. Let's go. I like the way their new Tundra looks anyway. So they go to your lot. Well, it's their first time on the lot. They don't have an inside scoop or someone they know at the dealership. So they may be a little nervous about walking into a showroom that they've never visited before. So now they're walking on your lot and they're looking around. They're like, man, these are beautiful trucks. But no one comes out to greet these people. You get one opportunity to, to possibly help these people before they go back to old faithful Honda dealership. The ones that they always get a great service, a great smile. They know them by their name. But they're giving you this opportunity. So put yourself in their shoes when you're thinking about, I got to watch the lot. We got to help these people. They need help. They, they're coming to you. They're giving you a shot. Let Help these people. Don't ignore the lot. Number nine of the do's. Never have downtime. Always find things to do. Emails, calls, texts, posts on social media, walk the lot, study the competition, study your product, get certified, interpersonal skills, visit your parts store, visit the back office people, visit the paint shop, visit service, visit the service writers, visit detail, build value in yourself with your coworkers because guess what? They got to buy cars too. Find something to do. Never have downtime. Watching YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok doesn't, doesn't work well. All right, number 10 of the don'ts. Don't do anything that goes against company policy or that's questionable, okay, or that could affect your, your character amongst the coworkers or your management or the owner, the way they look at you. Never do any of these things. Oh, man, this trade-in just got, this vehicle got traded in. There's a pair of Chanel sunglasses. 
Well, guess what? They're that customer is going to come looking for Chanel sunglasses or Louis Vuitton this or whatever the trade-in has. Turn it in. Don't take it. That's something that that you could walk to the owner and say, "Hey, I found something very valuable in this trade-in, and I want to make sure it doesn't go to the wrong hands." Here you go, owner. He's like, "Who the heck is this sales guy? What's your name?" Oh, my name's Kyle. Guess what? I've done that. I've done it. I found stuff on the lot and I turned it into the general sales manager. And he looked at me with a face like anyone else I've ever known would have stole that. Company policy, sexual harassment, drugs, alcohol. Just keep a clean, a clean name because when it's all said and done and you're retired, how do you want to be remembered? Be a legend. Okay. Be a legend that has, that has plaques on the walls. Like, dude, don't throw that away. That guy sold 32 cars that month right? Don't do anything against company policy or that's questionable. Your gut will tell you, your gut instincts will tell you. Number 10 of the do's, be positive 100% of the time. Now, if you just had a bad night with the missus or you're not feeling that good, leave it at the curb. You have to learn to do this. It's easier said than done, but you need to be that stable, that stable car salesman that comes into work. That's always positive. Because guess what happens? People want to be around you. You attract customers to that vibe, right? You become the guy at the dealership that's always positive. Also, be mysterious. Don't tell everyone your business. The guys that I look up to the most, I still haven't figured out. They're still like a conundrum to me. They're successful. They're making huge money. Six digits a month. But they're still a little bit mysterious. I don't know all their garbage. I don't think I want to know it. I think I like the mysteriousness. So that needs to be you. Be mysterious. They don't know need to know how much money you made last month. Oh, I cleared 15 grand last month. Keep that to yourself. I don't know how much he makes, but dang, look at his watch. Be mysterious. Be energetic. Be the gravity in the room. When you walk in, people want to talk to you. We all know that guy. Be that guy. Be focused. Be intense. And when I mean intense, I don't mean don't look at me. I'll punch you in the face intense. Be intense like you have this passion for your career that is unrivaled at your dealership. And when it's all said and done in the car business, we're here to have fun and make a ton of money. So always remember to be lighthearted and have fun. Don't take yourself so seriously. This is the car business. We got into the car business because we wanted to have fun and make a ton of money. Well, I hope you're doing that because I surely am. And I've been doing it for a long time. Okay, we got into the business to have fun. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Take it easy. But do the things that that make you successful. This one went a little bit longer, but I wanted to go over the 10 do's and don'ts. If you have any questions or feedback, you know how to reach me. You can send me emails. I got links here. I did start a PayPal uh, account. If anyone out there feels so generous to support me, if not, it doesn't matter because I'm doing the podcast anyway. I do this out of the love of my heart. I feel like a successful person needs to help people be, become successful. Okay, That's part of us being successful is helping people get better. Remember this too. No one's ever made it. We're all on the same journey going the same way on the same boat. No one's made it yet. And if they think they have, then they're foolish and wrong. Grind every day. Enjoy your career. Porter Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. This is Kyle Galaz signing out. Thank you.